Hello, hello, hello. Here's to a new episode of EdTech Voice Notes. EdTech Voice Notes, the podcast of the EdTech Summit. Whenever I think about EdTech, it has to fit in with the school development plan and purposefully in terms of teaching and learning. Otherwise, forget it. It's worth making sure that you've put a strategy in place that works for every school at a level that maybe by themselves they couldn't afford. We've now got millions and millions of children's records sitting with commercial companies. Do you know exactly how they get used? Technology has a role to play in tackling social mobility where it supports great teaching. If we're not able to upskill, retrain and reskill our people in the face of automation, then we do seriously have a problem. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the second episode of the new series of EdTech Voice Notes. We hope that you managed to attend EdTech Update in April and that you enjoyed the sessions that took place over the two days. Today, we'd like to present to you an abridged version of one of the most attended sessions, Remote, Not Removed, the New Era of Digital Education. This was the opening keynote of the first day of the event, and it was delivered by Adam Levy from our partner Computer Center. I let Adam introduce himself and Computer Center's work. I'm Adam Levy, Head of Digital Solutions at Computer Center. Computer Center is a leading independent technology partner. We help educational institutions source, transform, and manage their technology infrastructure to deliver digital transformation, enabling better teacher and student experiences. We do this by reducing technology costs and complexity, whilst improving the quality of digital solutions and services. Uh, I've been a proud uh, member of the Computer Centre team that was involved in the Department for Education's Get Help with Technology programme. Let's hear Adam analyse the context of the past 18 months and how the challenges of the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns have represented a drive for tech innovation. How will this affect the future of the education system? The past year has seen a huge amount of change, collaboration and progress. COVID-19 has been an incredible catalyst that's driven the uptake in technology in educational settings, for supporting functions, and even in our homes. Budgets aren't increasing in line with demand, so we need to do more with the same, or ideally more with less. We need to bring people along with us on the journey, and we need to create new types of engagement. How do we do all this, uh, and at the same time, preempt and navigate some of the challenges that are gonna be created along the way? How do we build for the future, make bets in those critical skills that we're gonna need? And how do we do this as the speed of change and innovation continues to increase? Let us briefly start by talking about the past year. It's been a year characterised by the community coming together and making huge strides to bridge the gap between technology and education. There are several themes that have emerged from COVID-19, which will shape the future and they will impact our everyday lives. These include solving the digital divide, digitalisation of services and driving enhanced experience as well as adapting to that increasing speed of a change and innovation. We've seen, you know, obviously a huge um, shift to homeschooling, empty and hugely reduced numbers in classrooms. We've seen an incredible and Herculean effort around remote learning alongside supporting children of key workers. Speaking personally, as the son of two teachers, I always understood the challenges and rewards of the role, but I don't think the nation has ever been more appreciative of the teaching community. I'm also the father of a six and an eight year old and homeschooling was incredibly challenging, but we did our best. We were able to support the Department for Education's Get Help with Technology programme. I won't talk too much about the programme, but 
It was to deliver devices and internet access to disadvantaged pupils and students during the pandemic. It was a really what we brought to that, um, that programme was leveraging our source and deploy capability to rapidly address the requirements of the department to work with 11 um, different vendors to um, develop a solution that worked and to manage the multiple service and logistical considerations as well. Let's talk about the edtech sector more broadly. Uh, it's been a year of incredible growth. We've seen 72% growth in the UK edtech sector. We've seen an increase of 56% of roles advertised in the UK edtech sector this year. And if you look at the broader, more international picture, 41% of all edtech investment in Europe was in the UK. And the growth in the edtech sector has taken the market to approximately £3.5 billion, according to a recent study. Now, we've seen a small increase in public sector expenditure in education, but um, UK spends 4.6% of GDP on education, and this is one of the lowest shares in Europe. So if edtech is spending has increased, then, then it must have a role first and foremost to drive out inefficiency and cost and find smarter, more efficient and more innovative ways of working. The UK sector has other challenges too, overcrowding in classrooms, which um, we, uh, in a primary school setting, we have the highest pupil to teacher ratio in Europe, and we have the fourth highest pupil to teacher ratio um, when comparing ourselves with our European colleagues in, in the high school setting. Whilst lamentable, this disruption that we've seen through COVID-19 offers us some valuable lessons and provides us with a unique opportunity to reimagine education, the curriculum, and what's most important. Here at the EdTech Summit, we believe in the importance of a digital strategy, as this is the essential element of a successful digital transformation. Computer Center has identified five elements that education leaders must take into consideration when they craft a digital strategy for their institution. I believe that the future is going to be characterized by a few fundamentals. The most important is to build a pragmatic digital strategy. Wherever you are on your journey, whether you're just starting out, whether you're looking to get the most out of some recent tactical investment, or if you're using the past year to review and reinvigorate your strategy, the process itself provides a fantastic opportunity to get the whole institution, the whole school, the whole college, the whole university, the whole department together to revisit the priorities to understand the stakeholder and user groups much better and to bring people along with you on that journey. Here's a five pillar approach that um, many of the most progressive organizations and institutions in the sector are looking at. Hopefully it will provide you with some clarity to help you prioritize and a basis to review some, some, some of your progress along the way. The five pillars are vision, alignment, people, technology and change management. You'll notice that technology doesn't sit uh, at the very front of this. It's an embedded capability. It must support the institution's needs, but it must, it must follow and support people and process priorities too. Let's talk about vision. A comprehensive vision must ensure that the, that the adoption of technology supports the wider aims of the institution. As such, it should strengthen and accelerate school, college and university improvement plans. The future of learning is going to be very much student-centric, social, personalised and supported by technology. And as I mentioned, I see technology very much as an, embodied, an embedded capability. 
it's going to be key and an intrinsic component of how we bolster student progress and outcomes. But it's also going to ensure that education continues its journey to be limitless anytime and anywhere. Let's talk about alignment, which is something that is such a critical component. The most progressive institutions are striving for that whole school, whole college, whole university engagement early. That will include every major stakeholder group. And let me share with you a few dimensions to think about. Firstly, and kind of most importantly, is funding. A recent Gartner study from October found that technology decision-making is now tougher than ever. And many institutions will need to involve 14 to 23 stakeholders in any technology decision. So engagement and buy-in is of critical importance. Secondly, we at Computer Centre recommend a persona-based approach. What we mean by this is looking at the current and future needs of every single work style in your institution, of every single stakeholder, looking at the necessary skills, their technology, systems, accessibility, security and data requirements. And we must also ensure that all KPIs are connected and aligned. Let's talk about the people pillar. We need to improve access to excellent curriculum content and resources, to improve professional collaboration and to surface actionable insights to enable more flexible teaching practices. Securing a curriculum approach ensures that accessibility and inclusion is a consideration from the start, including a focus on pupils with special educational needs and or disabilities, and also those who can't be present, who are excluded or suspended, for example. And rightly, there is now a huge focus on well-being. Um, from a study in November 2020, 75% of teachers surveyed felt completely overwhelmed by their workload. And rightly, many institutions are making this an organisational priority. Finally, as we focus on the digital skills and experiences required and those ever-increasing speed of change and innovation, I believe a critical ongoing function will be around adoption adoption as a central focus for an institution. So technology for sure has a role in this, but technology um, first and foremost, as I mentioned, is all around driving automation, reducing teacher workloads and addressing inefficiency in your institution. Technology has a huge role in that. And a recent study from our partner, Microsoft, found that there's an up to 30% opportunity to get time back for, for teachers to help them gain better insights into individual learning and help amplify the abilities of students through better adoption of technology. Cloud strategy is going to be central to, um, to many of you. And cloud, for example, will contribute to what I believe is a, 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 spend, a save to spend approach, uh, what I call two-step uh, two technology, which is first and foremost, doing things cheaper, doing things easier, consolidating, inefficient or overlapping processes and technologies and freeing up that funding and freeing up your critical resources and skills to then look at innovation and change. And I do want to touch on innovation where, uh, for, for a brief moment. I think there's going to be a huge amount of innovation in and around connectivity, including Internet of Things. I think analytics and data driven insights are going to be critical. And I think immersive education through virtual, augmented and mixed reality experiences are becoming more and more prevalent in our discussions with our clients. But let's also be pragmatic. I think 2021 is the year of pragmatism. 
let's focus on the here and now. As mentioned, there's a huge opportunity around overlapping or unnecessary technology in your estate and in your infrastructure. So um, I'll be talking a little bit around optimization and assessment services to unlock the residual value of technology in your estate. Security and safeguarding are absolutely non-negotiable and continue to be. We've seen uh, a step change really from um, a, an initial focus on brilliant basics in connectivity to now more secure by design thinking. But we must also look at the services that we provide, the services that are consumed in, within institutions. And we're seeing a huge trend around moving to zero touch and lower impact services. Uh, to support users in more of a distributed environment, to help around literacy uh, in digital and help around adoption and make sure that as a service, uh, analytics driven services are evergreen. Finally, if the past year has taught us anything, it's that things don't always go to plan. The most successful institutions will build flexibility into their approach. And most importantly, the infrastructure is a huge enabler to allow, allow you to adapt to change, scale up, scale down the use of your services, to deliver experiences differently, remotely, or in the new hybrid uh, normal that we find ourselves in. Let's talk about change management. Linked to an earlier point I mentioned about funding, I think that total economic impact or TEI approach is gonna be really, really valuable for many institutions. And what I mean by this is that we should be regularly re revisiting in-flight and delivered projects to review their impact, to drive accountability around promises made, and also to look to further derive benefit where possible from those in-flight and delivered programmes. Hopefully this gives you a sense of the five pillars that we believe will help bridge the gap between technology and education. So where are we today? You know, when I was asked to be involved in this event, I cast my mind back over previous sessions and there were a few things that I wanted to ensure that I didn't do. I wanted to, um, you know, keep in my, in my mind that nobody started from a blank page and therefore it's really, really critically important that you understand where you are. You also have a very fi finite set of resources and therefore there should be a greater investment uh, and a greater focus on the skills and the investments that are gonna be required in the short to medium term. Therefore, one of my biggest takeaways around pragmatism is to leverage assessment services, to leverage optimization services, whether they be prepackaged or bespoke, to help define the key, the key capabilities and the critical parts of your technology estate that you're gonna to want to leverage and build on in future, and, and, that, and the importance of a centralized and flexible infrastructure. To recap, it's vision, alignment, people, technology, and change management. We will keep exploring how to create and implement digital strategies, able to bridge the gap between education and technology with future episodes of our podcast and also at the upcoming EdTech Summit, which will take place on the 17th and 18th of November 2021 at the NEC in Birmingham. This is it for me today. I'll let Adam conclude this episode with a few words. Bye for now. I think it's fair to say that the digital strategies that are inclusive, pragmatic and flexible are going to be the ones that give you the best possible uh, speed and chances of success on your journey. Mm -hmm.